All right, welcome back, Bible readers. This is the Rooted Podcast, and we are just getting ready to finish up 2021. We have just two short weeks of reading left. I say short weeks. They're both the same amount of time the weeks are, but the readings are a little bit shorter for this week. And these readings are going to focus on um, Jesus being the Son of Man, Him coming as a baby in Bethlehem, and the prophecies concerning uh, Jesus coming in the first place. And so that's what we're going to talk about this week. Um, We've got some passages from Isaiah, um, a couple from Luke, and as well as one from Matthew. And and this week, which will be um, Saturday, will be Christmas, you'll actually read the Luke chapter 2 passage. So I encourage you uh, to take that reading to your family. Take it and make it um, a time of, of reading the Christmas story Saturday morning before you open up those gifts and uh, uh, make it a priority then. So we're going to talk about these passages here. Um, but I think, did you want to say something first? Yeah, Pastor? I wanted to take just a minute. <clears throat> We've uh, been doing this all year long, and Jeremy is the one who coordinates all of this and puts this all together and makes sure that we have our Bible readings uh, every day, uh, of course, every week, um, and then helps us with all these recordings. You've seen him a lot in the recordings, and I just wanted to say thank you. There's a lot of hours that go on just getting ready to be able to do these things and then uh, sitting down and putting all this together and talking through it all. I appreciate uh, the men who work behind the cameras, yes, yes. Uh, the ones who edit and put it together so that it can then be put out as well. Uh, so we, we just wanted to take a minute and say thank you to everybody that's involved. And I've got great news. Uh, all of these that you we've been doing, if I'm correct, are going to be archived. Yes. And people will be able to go back to them, and uh, you can listen to them again and again and again. I know sometimes they get a little longer than you can listen to at one setting. <laughs> yes, sometimes. But, <laughs> but, you know, this way they'll be able to go back and hear it again as you're reading through your Bible. And I'm not going to tell you today what the new year holds as far as Bible reading is concerned, but it's already laid out. Jeremy has already put it together, and it's going to be exciting, and there'll be moments, if I understood right, we'll we'll maybe have a a period maybe leading up to Easter or some of the special days where we'll do some videos, Yeah, but we won't be doing a video every day. Right. Uh, but there'll be some special videos that'll be coming out along the way, but I, I just wanted to say thank you. You've put a lot of time and a lot of hours into this and uh, making sure we had our Bible readings and, and then bringing everybody together to be able to, to record and uh, to talk about the different passages of Scripture. If you listen to all of these videos, uh, you really get a good first-year overview, Bible education <laughs> overview, which you might get to Bible college. So I, I just wanted to start by, by saying thank you for, for all the hard work. Well, I'm glad to do it, and there are, like you said, there's a team of people there's a team of people in, uh, in getting this done. Yeah, and let me say thank you to all the pastors who have been involved. Yeah. Um, Jeremy's assigned us all our passages, and we, we you know we talk about them uh, here on online and on video. Um, but all of them as well, we appreciate them sitting down and giving the extra time that it takes. It takes more than twenty-five or thirty minutes to record, so yeah. it's one of those things that takes a lot of people behind the scenes and in front of the cameras. And we appreciate everybody. So as Pastor said, the um, 2021 
uh, Rooted will be archived. And it'll be on uh, the Rooted section. Just look for it. It'll say like Rooted 2021. And you click that link and it'll take you to the plan. It'll be, uh, I think, a PDF to download. And then I'll have all the videos there. And I think 2020, uh, when we first started the podcast audio, when I did that, will also be archived there. Um, so each year, uh, I think we'll create a separate page. That way, if you want to go back at a specific year and, be great. and read through with a plan, uh, you can do it that way. It'd be great. So look for that. That should be available after we finish for the year. Um, I've had lots of requests as well from people um, who uh, go to other churches who like yes. to use the Bible reading plan, the ones we've done in past years. And so I'm going to try to make all those available online as well yeah. um, in uh, in this year of 2022. So That'd be fantastic. All right, well, today we're going to talk about some Isaiah passages, Isaiah 42, 49, chapter 9, chapter 11, mm. um, some of these passages that re- that relate to Jesus, um, his, the prophecy of him coming and of him being the Messiah. And what you'll find is that uh, in the New Testament, at least in the Gospels, that Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, mm. is actually a favorite. Um, I mm. think Matthew uses Isaiah more than any other yeah. um, prophet. And Isaiah is, is, is a prophet that was well-known, I think well-quoted, um, especially as it relates to Jesus and the one who is his to come, the Messiah. And so if you haven't taken note of that, you might want to take note of that. But what we're going to talk about today here, um, I'm in Isaiah 42. Yeah. And in Isaiah 42, there's some classic um, things that are here. One of the most significant things that you find in Isaiah 42 is that um, it talks about uh, Christ being sent to be a light or a guide to the nations. Um, And that's something you find quoted in several places in Scripture. Um, But this idea of a servant, and that's kind of something that I honed in on on the Isaiah 42 and 49 passages, or use the term servant. When we think of Jesus, you know, the term servant might not be something we tend to think about. Well, yeah, but he was, wasn't he? He, yeah. he came to serve. He came not to, to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about uh, this Isaiah section. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, this is the first. Isaiah 42, is the, I got the first of uh, four servant songs. Yes, yes. And so if you turn through over the next coming pages, there's four of these songs that are about the coming servant. And it interested me that, you know, there's nobody... Uh, human, no human alone that could fulfill all of these. Only Jesus yeah. could fulfill these prophecies. But he came as a servant. Yeah, you know? and, and I mean, Israel itself was supposed to be the light to the nations. Yeah. That was the original intent. But of course, as you read through the New Testament, you know they ultimately failed. But yet, one from Israel would come, Jesus the Messiah, and he would be the light to the nations. And, and he calls him my elect one, yeah. in whom my soul delights. Yeah. And he goes on to say, I put my spirit upon him and uh, talks about he'll bring forth justice and uh, just all of these different things. I especially liked in chapter 42, verse 3, the gentleness, mm. a bruised reed he will not break, yeah. a smoking flax he will not quench. Uh, he'll bring forth justice for truth and so forth. And I appreciated as a servant... He didn't just come to stomp on us and walk over us. He yeah. he came to serve us and to show us compassion and mercy. And, and you use that word gentleness. That's such a, a good word when you think mm-hmm. of a of a savior who is like a shepherd, yeah. you know, who's gentle with the sheep, who um, has to correct and give instruction at times, but yet he does it with a gentle spirit. Yeah. And uh, and you see that in Jesus' ministry, don't you? Yeah. Um, the way he cared for people, the way he uh, loved people, the way he reached out to the broken. Uh, to those who needed healing, 
the only ones I can think of right off the top of my head that he was really ultimately direct with were yeah. the religious leaders right, right. Uh, who were just self-righteous and hypocritical. But you look at the broken people that were around him, he was always showing compassion yeah. and uh, showing them uh, love, and, and he was serving them. He gave them you know, sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf, and he opened the mouth to be able to speak, and leprosy, all of that. Uh, he was serving other people. You know, one thing that I noticed in these passages, too, is is something that I haven't... I've probably noticed it before, but this time as I read them, it kind of stuck out more, was was the role of the Holy Spirit mm. um, in mm. these two passages, you know, as it relates to, like, I'm going to put my spirit upon my son. Of course, oh, yeah. we'll talk about that eventually when we uh, in the next podcast when we talk about John and John the Baptist mm-hmm. and other things, but how the spirit was involved. And I think sometimes we think about, you know, the coming of Christ and him being born in Bethlehem. It was all about Jesus, but yet at the same time, you know, all three members of the Trinity are important here. It was God's plan, but it was also Holy Spirit empowered, yeah. we might say. Yeah. I was just reading through Luke 2 where I've been preaching, yeah. and uh, excuse me, 1 and 2. Yeah. where I've been preaching, and I think there's six different times in those two chapters that the Holy Spirit is mentioned. It comes upon Zacharias and yep. uh, on uh, John the Baptist in the womb of Mary, or in the womb of Elizabeth when Mary comes into her presence, right. and these other occasions where the Holy Spirit uh, is so active and so a part of the unfolding story. The entire Trinity is there. You know, sometimes we just forget, I think, about the Holy Spirit, mm. and, and how, if he was that involved, I've often thought about this, if he was that involved in the ministry of Jesus, then how much more, you know, do we need him involved in our lives? Do we need to be praying, just like the early church did, um, praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit, praying for the Spirit mm. to give them boldness, praying. So the Spirit's role here, and even in chapter, um, in the other Isaiah passages in chapter 9 and chapter 11, mm-hmm. specifically in chapter 11, it talks about God's Spirit would rest upon him, and that was right. a sign of fulfillment through right. John's baptism. You would know that this right. one is the Messiah, um, and yet oftentimes we just brush him, brush him aside, we might say, as someone who's, who's not important. Um, but he is desperately important. Yeah, he, he doesn't um, speak of himself, right. uh, John says. And so I think sometimes we need to speak more of him uh, just to remind everyone that the third person of the Trinity is present in all of these passages, mm-hmm. and he certainly is uh, present here in uh, Isaiah 42 and in the coming of Jesus uh, in Bethlehem. You see him at work again and again. I mean, Mary is made pregnant pregnant by the power of the Spirit of mm-hmm. God that creates the life that's in her, that miraculous life that's in her. Um, I guess maybe the Holy Spirit gets abused as well. Sometimes people <laughs> say things about Him, and I think the other side of that is that then we shy away from talking about Him because we're afraid of being identified with right. those that abuse things about the Holy Spirit. It's a balance that's hard, um, and I think because some... Um, um, how do we say, uh, denominations maybe push more yeah. on the experiential side um, yeah. rather than trying to have a balance. Yeah. Um, and that's hard, too. It's about the experience without truth, and yeah. then all of a sudden you know, their experience becomes the truth, yeah. and really they need to start with the Holy Spirit with what does the Scripture say, what is the truth, and then see what the experience uh, is that comes from that. But Sounds like our, our 
theology of the world today of your truth, my truth is my own truth, oh, or my. whatever it might be. I don't know if we want to go down that path or not. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily for today, but as you read through those Isaiah passages, Isaiah 9, 11, 42, and 49, you get a sense of, you know, the Messiah is coming. They're looking for him. Um, you know, he's going to be born. Um, and mm. there's a, a couple of those. If you read through some of those full uh, passages, not just the readings I gave Isaiah 9-11, you'll get this sense of, it's also talking about the first coming as well as the second coming, because there are things in those passages that obviously Jesus will Absolutely. fulfill the second coming. So just know that that's there, because oftentimes in prophecies, well, it's it's really close to where you talk about his first coming and his second coming, and sometimes it's hard to uh, parse them yeah. uh, at, at times. Well, in chapter 42, for instance, I have it marked in my Bible that Verses 2 and 3 are about his first coming. Yeah. But when you get over to chapter 42, verse 4, you're clearly talking about uh, his second coming yep. because he's talking about the expansion of justice to the whole earth. And obviously that's still something that's yet to come. But I, I wanted to mention something. Just I know it's really not in line with the Holy Spirit. And, well, that's fine. But <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about, that's fine. Talk about it. Uh, <laughs> You know, this goes back to some of the reading that I did earlier in the fall when I read really quickly through the Scripture and didn't yeah. stop. To, uh, in verse 5, it talks about him being the creator. Mm. And it's amazing how many times through the Old Testament you read, and it says it again and again and again, that God is the creator. Of course, this is connected to Jesus. So right. uh, Jesus is a part of that. Cre- he wasn't created. But he was there at creation right. speaking it into existence. And so it says, thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it. I mean, to deny creation mm. is, is to, not, to, to uh, deny God. I mean, he's, he's all over the Scripture saying that he created. You find that a lot in the Psalms, don't you? Oh, in the Psalms about all creation, the time. About creation. And, you know, that's one thing I think that uh, a way to distinguish um, I want to say our God from all the other gods of the earth is our God is the creator God, too. Yeah. He's one who creates. None of the other yeah. gods or false gods or any of the other gods that are served you know, are creators. But yeah. our God is a creator, yeah. and, and, and that's a big deal. And I think that's why it shows up in the Psalms. That's why uh, it shows up, as you said, all through Scripture, because it's, it's one of those, uh, I, don't, I well, wouldn't say attributes, but one of those character qualities yeah. that, that separates him. And what's amazing is the creator becomes a man. Yeah. The creator becomes a servant. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the humility of Christ is just beyond our comprehension that he would condescend to such a level to come to us is just hard for us to even imagine. I probably would want to start over. I'll just wipe them out and let's just start with something new. <laughs> but instead of doing that, he comes to redeem those. And I, I liked in, in verse 6, where he extends it not to just the Jews, but he says yeah. a light to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles, yeah. You know, so Jesus was coming to more than just the Jewish community. They obviously rejected him, but he's not through with them either. Yeah, he's going to come back, and you know, still has a has work and, for and them to accomplish. And what's interesting is that, like you're saying to the Gentiles, so it was already as Isaiah prophesied the original intent, even through Abraham back to Genesis mm-hmm. 12, to be to all the world, even to the Gentiles. But yet. The Jewish people in the New Testament, even though this is being quoted, they're still thinking it's just for the Jewish exactly people. Exactly right. And they're not getting the whole context. And, you know, you go ahead uh, to Luke, I think it's Luke chapter 1, and you have a couple of guys in there. Um, I think it's Zechariah and Anna 
who 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 really understood the Old Testament. Yeah. So you you have a couple of people in the New Testament they get the Old Testament and connecting the dots, mm-hmm. but a lot of people in the New Testament here, it's even some of the religious leaders, they're waiting for a, a Jewish Messiah, a Messiah that was only for, for them the and not for anybody else. And the minute that it said, hey, I'm going to have the gospel for everybody else, then they begin to say, well, he's not the one. Yeah, then, yeah they got jealous, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they weren't willing to share him. <laughs> of course, I think living under Roman oppression as they yeah. were living, they wanted to be delivered. And yeah. you know they were thinking strictly of themselves. They had obviously seen God's deliverance on other occasions in, in history in the past, and I think they were just waiting for him to come and set them free. But they forgot that they were to be the light. They were to be the light to all the nations. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus in his coming in Isaiah 42 is clear that he didn't just come to the Jews. He came to be a light to the Gentiles as well. Yeah, in just the same way, we're also to be a light to the nations. We're to be That's a light. That's a good point. You know, just like Jesus is the is the as Matthew chapter five says, the light of the world. Yeah. We also are to be a light um, um, to the to how the can, nations. How can we do that? How can we be a yeah. light to the nations? Yeah. What are some ways you think we can be a be a light to the nations? Well, you know, we talk a lot about um, loving our neighbor. Talk a lot about yeah. the importance of that of of in our local area, our local Jerusalem. Like my local Jerusalem is the area around me and around my house and around my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna try to reach others on the other side of the world, but I'm going to focus more on the ones in my close mm-hmm. area. So what can I do to help? What can I do to minister to them? And just some of the most practical and basic things. Yeah. It's almost, how can I just be a good citizen and a good neighbor yeah, that's to them? Good point. Some of the most basic things. And of course, it's always with a push yeah. to see if you can begin to plant the seed of the gospel. You always have an agenda. Yeah. You always need to have an agenda yeah. because it's their eternal soul that... Yeah is in the balance. Well, and, and you and Rebecca and the kids have done a good job at that because you know your neighbors, you know the, you know their names, you have neighbors that come over and visit with you oh, at your house. They do. And, you know, sometimes you'll be outside in the backyard. Oh, yeah. And, you know, at the fire pit, I've been there, yeah. and it was just, you know, it was just us to begin with, and then yeah. neighbors came over, and I think that's really great. You have a nice warm fire outside. Oh, man. Especially during uh, some of the pandemics, the whole, it seems like the whole neighborhood flocks to it. It's just, well, and it's a great way, you know, casual. Uh, and by the way, if you've never tried it before, try it. You know, it's just a, and invite them over. Say, hey, come around. Sit, it might sit have helped the... a little bit what you were cooking and the smell of oh, all well, that, that, that's true that too. delicious food. <laughs> if you don't know this, Jeremy can cook. And when you're cooking outside, you get that smell that sort of wafts all over yeah, the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And then the neighbors want to know, what, what's he cooking? And of course, See, he, you always made, have to have an agenda. Well, you always have an agenda. You, you've made friends with your neighbors <laughs> and the neighbors don't mind walking over to check. Not at all. Not and at that, all. That's a good thing. And it's also nice when you're out of town and your neighbor's watch your house, and uh, yeah. can help with other things. Well, that's being a light. I yeah. mean, you're, you're helping your neighbors, you're loving your neighbors, you're being there for them. And I know for, for a fact that y'all have uh, entered into conversation with some of your neighbors about yeah. eternal things yeah. and uh, have been sowing the seeds of the gospel. And I've laid to rest a few of my neighbors' relatives, too. Yes, that's an um, amazing thing. They, so. People that yeah. lived around you that got to know you, who yeah. when it came time for their passing, yeah. uh, said they didn't have a pastor. And said, "Jeremy, would you be our pastor? Would yeah. you would you help us at that time of crisis?" Yeah, that's interesting. Well, the New Testament ones we've got are Luke chapter one, okay. and you've done extensive work already on Luke <laughs> chapter one. So I think I'll just throw the ball to your court oh, and say, well, as you can see, if you can't see it on, on this, yes. this you should see. I can't even <laughs> begin to look and read that. That's. 
It's a little confusing if you had if you weren't the one that wrote it down that, and put all that, that in is there. Amazing. Well, it's, it's just tiny too. Some of this stuff up here, I yeah. can't even read. Yeah, well, you, that's the amazing thing about it. <laughs> An iPhone, you put it on camera. <laughs> oh, there and you go. You turn go. the light on, make it, make it. and you put it up close, and it gets. Maybe we need to get you one of those things from the pulpit that's like a magnifying glass. You push down so you can see some <laughs> of these small. Those are some small notes. I can't even read those from a distance. Well, you would if you. If you if I wrote you know, them, there, yeah. there's a sermon outline right here, and there's you know there's <laughs> different things about the different. And it is confusing if you just look at it. Yeah, it's it doesn't make sense. To most people, but it makes sense to me. As, as I told you, I create my own study Bible. So as you said earlier with uh, Luke chapter 1, and you mentioned six times the Spirit yeah. shows up. So what I was looking at in Isaiah, I wasn't even thinking about in, in Luke and how it's all connected. So what is the one thing here from Luke chapter 1? Because uh, you're supposed to read the whole passage um, for your reading, uh, Bible readers. So what's one, what's like the big idea here from Luke chapter 1? Well, what I loved about Luke chapter 1 is that, that Luke was taking two stories, uh, the story of John the Baptist and the story of Jesus, and he was running them parallel to each other. Hmm. Uh, these two characters that play such an important part in the Christmas story, obviously Jesus supersedes all characters, right. uh, but Luke gives us the introduction to John the Baptist that no other gospel writer gives to us. He goes back further than any other gospel writer in telling us about the birth of John. But he lays them side by side, and one was going to become great, the other was great even before his birth. Yeah. And you go through here and you see these two stories side by side, and, and you get the sense that God is doing something. He's about to do something really big. Uh, had the Jews accepted Jesus, the kingdom would have come, but of course right. God knew they weren't going to accept him. And in not accepting him, he ultimately becomes the redeemer of all mankind and you know, pays the penalty for all of our sins. But it's just interesting to see through here. I mean, both of these are miraculous births. Yeah. Uh, he had to open, the Lord had to open the womb of, of Elizabeth. He had to create the life in Mary's womb. And then, you know, I think as well, what stands out, and you, you can see it because you're looking at it, but, um, it, you know, he emphasizes the virgin birth. Mm. And really, it's more than a virgin birth. It's a virgin conception. Uh, it's not just, the, you know, yeah, yeah. born uh, of a virgin, but it was a virgin conception. There was no male yeah. involved uh, in the conception or the birth of, of the Christ child. And just the, the surrender of all mm. of these people to say, okay, God, do with me whatever you want. And then they brought, they became servants that brought the servant, we talked about in Isaiah, yeah. the ultimate servant into the world. It's just, it's an amazing passage of Scripture, and it really is the greatest story that, that uh, has ever been told. Um, I, I would mention as well, if, if you're reading through uh, Luke, there's four different uh, songs that are sung through here, Elizabeth and Mary and uh, these other songs that are sung through mm -hmm. here, all of them filled with praise. It's just an incredible two chapters that introduces us to the coming of Christ. Isn't Luke chapter 1 the longest chapter? I think so. In the New Testament? I haven't counted it, but probably that's true. Some verses. So it is a long chapter to read. Yeah. It's, but, and Luke took his time, he, you know, before even talking about the birth, whereas versus Matthew just goes right into it. Yeah. Well, and Mark doesn't mention it yeah. at all. Yeah. And John starts all the way back at creation. You're right. In the beginning right. was the Word, right. the Word was with God, and so forth. Uh, but Luke, the medical doctor, sits down and gives us accurate details, you know, orderly details, because he wants us to be certain 
of what we know and what we believe. And you'd expect a medical doctor to do that. And some of the things that I've, I've noticed because I've studied again this, this year, there's no way he could have known those things had he not talked to some of these people. Right. Obviously, right. the Holy Spirit can inspire anything, but it's apparent that he's talked to Mary. And when he's talked yeah. to Mary, she's no longer a young girl or even a woman raising a child. She's right. probably a, a grandmother to the grandchildren of the yeah. other children that were born to her and Joseph. And some of those details he had to have gotten from his interviews with, with Mary. And think about how much, how different it would be if he got those details when she was young. Oh. And, and how much more she's able to reflect on. Like, yeah. you know, like the Gospel of John was written much later in yeah. John's life. And so he gives a different perspective and he's able to reflect on what he feels is most important yeah. about Jesus being the Son of God. You, well, know? you know, when uh, Mary was told she was going to have the baby, she, she pondered them, she reflected on what she was told. Can you add, you know, 25 or 30 years, 40 Hmm. years to that? Her reflections and her understanding had become so much deeper and fuller. Yeah. And and yeah, just, I wish we thought more, (laughs) reflected more on the things that were going on. We're too busy sometimes, I think, to give our minds to it. You know, I also noticed here in this chapter, I was looking at the, um, what I call the character couplets. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at Zachariah and Elizabeth. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and you got Joseph and Mary. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about back in the Old Testament, you've got people like Abraham and Sarah, mm-hmm. who also had the quote, not miraculous birth, but you know, they weren't able, she wasn't able. Yeah. Angel appeared to them, just like here. Or you have Jacob and Rachel. You know, Rachel couldn't have right. children, you know, or an Elkanah and Hannah, or even Samson's parents. There are all these examples yeah. I was thinking of through the Old Testament where you have mm-hmm. uh, where the, a child is going to be coming. Of course, Jesus being the ultimate one, but a child is going to be brought forth. It's going to do something special, and there's some kind of supernatural um, or angelic presence involved in this mm-hmm. whole process. And so I was kind of, you know, connecting some of those things as I was looking back and forth, um, thinking through uh, some of these characters. But, you know, I put myself in some of these characters' places and think, I hope I would respond the way that they responded, yeah. and uh, but it's evident, as I said earlier, that people like uh, Anna, which we'll talk about, I think, in the next podcast. But Anna and Zechariah, you know, they knew the Old Testament, so there were people mm-hmm. who understood it, but the majority of them, yeah, just didn't get the message, yeah. even though it's said so often in Luke, this was a mm-hmm. sign, or this was a sign, so you would know, or or this is how it was pointing to, even John the Baptist pointing to the Messiah, and uh, um. You just find even even today, you know, we have the word of God in our hands, but yet there's still hundreds and thousands and millions of people that don't believe it. Well, that's true, and yeah. they believed what God said. Of course, Zacharias didn't at first. Yeah, and um, God gave him a sign. He, he was what he wanted exactly. it was a sign. Exactly, your sign is you can't even talk about the birth of <laughs> the son you've long wanted. Oh man! Um, so he had to go a long nine months without saying a word. Now Elizabeth might have enjoyed that. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. It probably would have been. I think. If it was swapped, it probably would have been more enjoyable for Zechariah, maybe. I'm not going there. <laughs> we might say. You know, as a priest, though, I mean, he's used to teaching the Word. Yeah, and yeah. All of a sudden, he can't say anything. He can't teach. You can't just talk about your baby that's coming. I mean, that must have been quite a... And you talked earlier, say Mary pondered these things. She thought about these things. Well, Zechariah had nine months oh, yeah. to think about these things yeah. and not really be able to say anything, just yeah. truly just to be able just to think about it. Yeah. Uh, that they were this submissive mm. uh, is an incredible thing. I, as yeah. I, we're gonna, I've been studying the life of um, of Joseph for this week, and yeah. 
you know, Joseph to me is sort of the unsung hero outside of Jesus, who is the ultimate hero. Right. Sort of the unsung hero here. He must have been a shock, and uh, when when he learned that, um, you know, Mary, to whom he was betrothed, yeah. was with child, that must have been a shock of all shocks. Is that like you said that quiet, submissive obedience? Yeah. That just doesn't get noticed. That's yeah. that's not even really talked a whole lot about. He just did what the angel asked and did what God said and yeah. went on with life. Yeah. And and yeah. it's just an amazing thing to think about. That's well, Elizabeth did that. Mary did that. Yeah, well, well, they all you did. Know, yeah. Whatever you want. Mm. Uh, but Joseph had his heart set on Mary, and they were, mm. I'm sure, longing and looking forward to their marriage. And uh, all of a sudden he finds out that she's with child, and he had to, he had to take the risk of, not only her reputation would be ruined when that came out, but if he married her, then he was in essence, you know, saying, you know, I'm, I identify with her, and I take on whatever shame comes to her. I take it on myself. I mean, he he was an amazing man. I, you know, beautiful story. Though. Yeah, just an amazing. Now you'll have two other readings to read. Um, Luke two that'll be for Christmas, and and that's well familiar, um, but also Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Yeah. And, and Matthew is more um, uh, not really telling the story of, of, of the birth uh, like Luke does. Matthew's more concerned about showing proof that Jesus is to be the king, is to be the Messiah. And he does it through, mm-hmm. if you read Matthew chapter 1, you know, his genealogy is first, which is important. You know, he has the right to be king. Then his virgin birth, which has been mentioned here in Luke as well, is important. And then the fulfillment of prophecy, that this is what the plan was from the beginning. And so Matthew kind of condenses it, and he's more concerned about the value and 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 improving to his Jewish audience mm-hmm. that the one who is to come, that's the one the Old Testament been talking about, and he's here, and this is him, and that's who he's talking about. Yeah, and so, he also mentions uh, that Joseph is from the line of David. He yeah. wants to make sure yeah. that uh, there's an understanding that Jesus has the rightful uh, yeah. place. He has it's his rightful place to rule in David's on David's throne. And, and that's been asked before. And if you trace it back, both Mary and Joseph are both in the line of David. Right. You can trace it back all the way um, uh, to Solomon as well. I think in First Chronicles chapter three, four, and five. If you do it, you can trace it back. There was an old podcast that I did um, on the genealogies back in 2020. If you can find that one, it was a special one about tracing the line of Christ. And we talked about those two, Mary and Joseph, and how they are, both are in the line of well, Christ. Well, and that's when those genealogies yes, are exactly. so vitally important. Yeah. I mean, I get to the genealogy <laughs> section and I get bored reading yeah. name after yeah. name. Yeah. But then you realize that those genealogies ultimately prove to us and show to us that Christ had the right to rule uh, on the throne of David. And you know, he came as a fulfillment of that prophecy to David and the yeah. prophecy that goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15. I mean, he was the fulfillment of all of that. You know, and probably there are some of you who read the genealogies and think, why in the world would you name someone that? Um, but those were names that were familiar in those days. Well, listen, we're at our we're at our ending mark here uh, for this podcast. Uh, again, I encourage you the the Luke chapter two reading for Christmas is actually going to happen on Christmas. So take the reading with you. Uh, take it 
before your family, read it. If they're not, don't have a Bible reading plan, say, look, I've been doing this this whole time, introduce them to it. Maybe they can get started for 2022 with you as well. Um, and there's, there's no age limit. You know, this can be for kids. It can be for adults. It'd be great for families um, to do it together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So there's plenty of opportunities to do that. So that's all that we have time for for this week. Next week will be our last podcast, and next week I'll talk a little bit towards the end of the podcast about the new reading assigned for 2022. Yeah. So um, enjoy the Christmas week, spending time with your with your with your friends and with your family. Uh, but don't forget to keep Christ yeah. as the most important part of Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. See you guys later.